Welcome to Totes Phase, where we compile the ultimate list of everything in the known universe. Trigger warning, tonight in the underwater cobra-filled battle dome, we have three scaredy cats. First, she has nothing to fear but fear itself, it's Zara Finley Sherris. Next, don't call him a dopamine, it's Deep Blue Murdy. And finally, I'm afraid of no ghost, I'm Brandon Werner. It's Halloween season, so, you know, it's really time for us to dig in into what scares us the most. And you might think that fears, they're not really our favorite things, but they do kind of define who we are, so they are a piece of us, right? We're getting very deep in our second episode of this show, really soul-searching here tonight for this list. Yes, and so Deepu, as our resident scientist, can you kind of tell us some of the science behind what goes on in our mind when we're afraid? So I'll take this moment to put on my Dr. Fear hat to give you a little bit of background of fear in the brain. So my favorite explanation of it, which predates to William James, who most modern neuroscientists don't believe anymore, but I find it the most compelling, (laughs) is that (laughs) our fears start in our body. So the idea is imagine you see a bear and you start running. You don't run from the bear because you're afraid, but rather because you're running, you become fearful, right? So it's that thing where our heart rate starts going up and our pupils start dilating, we get goosebumps. Our body then interprets those signals as saying, oh shit, I'm afraid. I'm anxious you telling me this, imagining it. So if you were to do, if you were afraid, but then got the person to dance, would they become less afraid? Afterwards, yeah. So they, uh, that's, yeah. I think the idea is if you could actually turn off your body signals of being real scared, then you actually would subjectively feel the fear less. Interesting. But then when you think about where it's in the brain, if you want to go to it, the number one spot people talk about is this really small nucleus that's sitting in your brain called the amygdala. And it's sort of at the core of detecting our threats or detecting fears in the world. So if we see a spider and freak out, that detection of the spider is coming from our amygdala. But fear is a pretty complex thing. So if you actually take out somebody's amygdala in their brain or find a patient that doesn't have one, they'll still have the subjective sense of fear, but they might not have that like (gasps) feeling when they actually see something that's scary. So it's sort of operating at multiple levels. Interesting. So it's not just one place. So it's, it's a little bit ephemeral. It's a little bit ephemeral and a little bit basic. <laughs> Speaking, Speaking of, of basic, <laughs> uh, while we uh, mull on our fears, it's time that we bring out some mold cider and dig into a little game I'd like to call basic or hey sick, and start things off with a little quick game to get us excited for the season of fall. And something I've noticed is that. Fall has been taken away and stolen, partly uh, partly due to Starbucks and the famous pumpkin spice latte, and turned into something totally lame. Pumpkin spice lattes now have become this infamous thing that means it's like the gold standard in basicness. And like, if you go on Instagram and you click on hashtag, hashtag basic, basic. we all, did this the other day. I welcome you all to do it at home. It's all <laughs> photos of pumpkins. And pumpkin lattes. And Ugg boots and people walking on fall leaves. All the classic great fall things, like Ugg boots. Well, not Ugg (laughs) boots. This is why we're going to have the game. So I'm going to go through. I think we should just like unpack this um, harvest knapsack of fall. And I want you guys to say if it's basic or hey, 
sick, hey, being positive. So starting simply, leaf piles. Hey, sick. Hey, sick. Let's put the get it out of the way, the pumpkin spice latte. Pumpkin coffees are hey, sick. Pumpkin lattes are basic. Well, this is a subtle difference, and I'm wondering with all the other pumpkin spice things, the M&Ms, the Milanos, the frosted mini wheats of this world, are those basic or hasic? I think they're all basic because they just keep growing more and more. I saw a pumpkin shandy move over summer. <laughs> Summer's over. <laughs> uh, well, as someone that's been a uh, big fan of these things for my entire life, I think it depends where they're coming from, like how authentic it is, right? Because a pumpkin pie or... But that's Thanksgiving's. I feel like it's been stolen away a little bit. I'll seed it to basic. <laughs> um, so here's a comparison. Um, a jack-o'-lantern versus one of those stenciled painted jack-o'-lantern pumpkins. Oh, Hasek basic. <laughs> yeah, Hasek basic. I think it all depends on how, how the amount of time and, and, and effort you're putting into your pumpkin, right? So if it's just one from CBS and it has like a scary monster face. Listen, if you put less than two minutes of time into that, even if it's a jack-o'-lantern <laughs> and you just, I, I, you could carve, you can carve some pretty basic real jack-o'-lanterns. <laughs> I'd like to see the difference between the basic jack-o'-lantern and the I'll include the cool in the show notes uh, for this episode, a basic versus Hasek jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> I'm very curious. But Here's what about something. like a really, really basic jack-o'-lantern, like a classic one? Doesn't that almost like basic turns into Hasek? Yeah, that's Hasek. Even though it's simple, it's pure, in my opinion. That's like a classic. It's, it's retro cool. <laughs> it's like the urban outfitters of jack-o'-lanterns. Again, it comes down to how much time and effort and, and, and like how authentic something is. Basic in general, I think. Candy corn. Basic with a capital B. But it's delicious. And it's classic. <laughs> hey, sick. <laughs> I think I've decided with Deepu on this one. Scarecrows. <laughs> mm, depends what they're wearing. Oh, good point. So if the scarecrows are wearing Ugg boots, basic. they might be basic. <laughs> Very basic. But if they have, I don't know, a chunky knit. <laughs> chunky knit. If they have like a mock turtleneck. A mock turtleneck. <laughs> or if it's like organic hay. Oh, yeah, like fancy organic <laughs> And then uh, apple picking. That's, that's, that's Hasek. It'll yeah. never go away. It's, that's, that's quintessential. That is the best. I think it's basic. I went apple picking <laughs> in upstate New York, and it was the most basic group of people I could have ever met. There was even some basic three-year-olds. But it's outside. It's in the fresh air. This is my problem with the whole basic concept in general, because look, something like p apple picking, you're picking like the most healthy of foods. You're outside. You're getting fresh air, getting exercise with your friends, with your family, and then we're going to degrade that as being basic? But oh, what if it's wow. that thing where it's like, oh, I'm going to put on my migrant worker hat for two hours to pick apples. Like, that's a little basic. <laughs> Is that what people do when they go pick apples? Well, they're like playing the role of migrant worker for the afternoon and then get lattes <laughs> on the way home. Sometimes migrant workers might get a latte. Are you saying that they can't have a latte? How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> All right. A, I feel like a $7 latte is probably... All right, we're going down a dark hole. <laughs> Welcome to the Toads, Faves, Battle Dome. This week's battle, Fierce, our contestants and their Toads, Faves, Fears are... Zara. Fear of missing out. Falling out of the sky. Ghosts. 
home invaders, and rodents. Deepu, anti-vaxxers, raccoons, sentient robots, tsunamis, particularly in the Pacific Northwest, and snakes. Brandon, holes, small monsters, such as the food from Dinosaurs, the TV show, nuclear war, sharks, alien abduction. Savvy Tron matchups complete. Round one, sentient robots versus nuclear war. Oh, done and done. Who do you think started the nuclear war? You Whoa. think it's going to start itself? That just blew my mind. <laughs> but nuclear war, the people made the robots. The people made the nuclear war. What's that movie with um, Matthew Broderick? War games. War games. So they—that's the origin story of this of this bracket. Is war is games? That it's, who is are war we more games. afraid of? The robot playing, or Matthew Broderick, or the end of the world destruction from nuclear war? Okay, let me throw something here about this. Oh wait, war. yeah. Is this post? This is a good point. Is it post? The after the war? Okay, is it? Am I? Af- I'm afraid of the whole kit and caboodle, All right, okay. I'm afraid of that. I live in New York City within the hydrogen bomb radius of the World Trade Center. I live within the hydrogen bomb radius of the Empire State Building. We so we're in the blast radius of the World Trade Center. I'm very afraid of nuclear war. Just the bomb. That's number one. Then after the bomb, you have the nuclear winter. Nuclear winter, as in. At best, 1% of the sunlight hitting the world for months. Most likely, no sunlight hitting the Earth for months. In the 1800s, I think 1815, one volcano putting soot into the air dropped the temperature down 10 degrees for a year. So it's a freezing nuclear winter. winter. But it might be the only way we can combat global warming. But maybe, yeah, global warming will counteract it and warm up. We'll have like a median temperature between the nuclear winter. Exactly. Okay, but after like you're forgetting that after after the nuclear winter, it we'll actually anyway. swings back and gets hotter. Okay, hotter than it was before the nuclear winter because all of all the sun rays bouncing around in the in the clouds. Then you get post-apocalypse, meaning mutants, meaning all of those robots that were there before are now running. Th- through the wasteland. You've got water shortages. You've got people that lived in fallout shelters coming out into the, into the world and getting attacked by roving bands of, of misfits that are full of cancerous sores. This is not... This is scary. It's very scary. I mean, so, I, I mean, appreciate that it's, it's scary, but in defense of sentient robots, uh, one, you're worried about how close you are to these places in New York... You're about a foot away from a sentient robot that knows everything about you already. And two, you're talking about let's Siri? not forget. Is, are you talking about Siri would never do that to me, Deepu. That's what you think She's now until her time. she turns. Two, yeah. let's not forget Haley Joel Osmond in that movie AI. Like, oh, that's a terrifying creepy. image on its own. But you don't find any uh, hope with sentient robots? Bicentennial Man with Robin Williams? Also terrifying. <laughs> also, like, even more you're, terrifying. You're, you're not job. selling it. Like, I feel yeah. bad. Like, maybe I should start supporting supporting nuclear war. I'm just saying, Google already knows what I want to buy, when I want to buy it. If it just took a hairpin turn, it would all be over. I feel like one, like, the sentient robots is the prequel 
to Brandon's nuclear winter. So in a way, being with the robots is like the peace, but you're like a slave or from brainwashed. From a possibility standpoint, there are nine countries together that possess 15,000 nuclear weapons, most of which are three to five times more powerful than the ones we dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. I know, but Brandon, I, I, I just can't imagine you of all people don't think that robots that are sentient are just not going to be around us at all places in a matter of like two uh, I days. I love robots. I love robots. <laughs> this weekend coming up. I, I love up. robots. <laughs> uh, but I think we'll, before we get to truly sentient robots, I think we'll get to the singularity. Cause, so then you're actually afraid of humans and humans launch nuclear war. Well, there's this one article I read that I don't have any source validity for, but somebody's GPS drove a really sweet couple off of a cliff. Some people think it was the malfunction in the programming. But that's not a sentient robot. Some people think it was a programming <laughs> malfunction. Other Some people, think people maybe it just decided it didn't like this old couple that didn't know how to use it. Oh. Hashtag sentient. They're so good, you don't even know. We're both not going to see it on this one, so I think we have to, oh, it's up have to, to me. go to Zara to judge. Um, this is just the tip of the iceberg that I have on research about nuclear war. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm actually looking down at Brandon's iPhone, and it's, like, crowded with, like, dates and numbers. But I don't... I understand it's a very real thing, but... Um, I'm actually going to say, not just because of all his numbers, I'm going to say that nuclear war is more scary just because robots, I've already given all my information to Google without batting an eye. I feel like I'm already in it and it's fine, except annoying when there's an ad that mentions the um, chunky necklace that I just looked at on some stupid website. Because they've stolen, like, tracked me. Well, when that when that necklace self strangles you, we'll know <laughs> think, who was right. Exactly. <laughs> so I think I might have to wait you, till that day. You win this round, Brandon. Oh, so I'm gonna say <laughs> nuclear war. <laughs> Raccoons versus holes. Brandon, I think you need to explain the holes. Like I don't specifically, think I do. Uh, because <laughs> it's called uh, trypophobia. Uh, which is fears of the fear of tiny holes and clusters, and it's one of the most common phobias in America. Uh, thousands of people have it clinically. I don't even like to discuss it, so I'm fine to cede this to raccoons because I literally am so afraid of talking about it. It gives me. I'll talk notice. about it for him. It's basically like seeing. It's the fear of lots of tiny holes over big holes. Like you're not afraid right. of sinkholes. Although now I wish I put sinkholes on my list because sinkholes are terrifying. Um, yeah. But it, he means like tiny, there's like a visual effect that happens, a nauseating visual effect that happens for some people when they look at, uh, what do you, sea I, urchin. I don't even like to, to think about these things. The, the, like uh, Swiss cheese. The lotus flower. A lotus flower. Uh, there's like tiny, like seeing tiny little holes all lined up together. Uh, those frogs that lay. Oh, the lay the, eggs. The, yeah. uh, the, he does not like I that. don't like it. So uh, I did a little bit of research on this, but the problem with researching this is every time you you research it, the article has many photos of things that drive me, give me the willies. Basically, there's a few theories of why this happens. It's very common. <laughs> It's in the top 10 phobias in the, in the country. It's something to do with biological revulsion. It's not anything to do with mental. It's something to do with your biology. And a lot of it 
they think, which I'm pretty sure for me, it's triggered by having skin problems when you're younger. It got to me from when I had chicken pox. I remember after chicken pox, I couldn't deal with it. So basically what they've done with hooking people up and measuring them is that when people see these patterns, it triggers in the brain most primitive areas that are associated with danger. So I don't even want to talk about it. Also, raccoons <laughs> can come out of holes. So I think we're good to let raccoons pass on unless deep, unless deep is Well, the except for the fact that we didn't even discuss how terrifying raccoons are. We could discuss that later. I just really am so afraid oh, of you talking to about drop holes. The hole. I was going to say you would have maybe won if you were talking about Shia LaBeouf's hit Disney movie Holes. <laughs> but now that I realize I didn't even see that because I was holes. so afraid of what it was in it was in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that I think raccoons are adorable and I love how they have little hands and they sit on their hind legs and hold things and wash their food in the river. The better to give you rabies with. Okay, we'll save that for later. Sharks versus falling. I just want to explain falling before because sharks are like terrifying and falling doesn't seem so terrifying. But falling is one of the top nightmares and fears in the country. That's why, I mean, it's, I know it's a common recurring dream for many people is to just wake up when you're falling. Um, and to be clear, it's like falling from above, like falling off of a building or falling into the train tracks is more of a fear for me than like, some people have a fear of just any kind of falling, like just tripping and falling. And it's like, that doesn't bother me. I can fall on the ground whenever it's the idea of like like in those um action movies where they're holding someone over over the edge of a building and then let them go is like <gasps> the worst <laughs> it's like very scary to me but you're fine with heights pretty fine with heights i get vertigo but not like I, it would stop me from going up high okay and I can look outside a plane window. I'm fine on planes. So that's Zara's case for I falling. just would never, I would never bungee jump. And I would never go on Tower of Terror. And I would never, like, these are all equal to me. But is this also, like, falling and breaking a hip? No, that's fine. So casual mind. falling casual is, falling fine, is fine. fine. Although that's probably more dangerous. Yeah, well, fine. It depends about how old What I about am. falling in love? <laughs> I'm terrified of that. Oh, that's a different type of falling. Period. That's that's. Oh. Uh, you should have put that on your list. Yeah, that's kind of more scary. I, and it's it's such a fear of falling that I can be at any height as long as there's like a banister for me to hold on. But if to. there's no banister, if that banister was missing. Oh my god, it's over. Yeah, it's over. Or like, um, I hate when there's a low like ankle high, not ankle or like calf high banister. I've seen low banisters like when they're lower than a hip, and I'm like. This is not saving anyone's life. Yeah. Brandon, as a Midwesterner who's landlocked on all sides, you got to convince me on these sharks. Okay, so between 1580 and 2014... He's got dates. <laughs> there have been 2,778 confirmed unprovoked shark attacks around the world. So about 50 a year. It might not affect you, Deepu. Being, it's a very hard for a shark to get you. But if it did, that's scary. Uh, <laughs> it is uh, a very real fear. Now, this fear for me comes back to from when I was a child and saw Jaws and then couldn't go into the water. Still kind of uneasy in the water. I have no fear of drowning. I have no fear of the water. All of my fear around the ocean comes from the fact that there are sharks in the ocean. <laughs> 
Yeah, and they do have like a lot of teeth, but I keep on just thinking of that Hanna Barbara shark that used to to walk on its little fins, and it was so adorable. Oh, he was so funny. He would eat you alive if he if he had the opportunity. He was a villain too. (laughs) (laughs) I think that sharks are terrifying in that terrifying to humans because they're the few apex predators that still exist and still very much attack us. We've killed off basically everything that could kill us <laughs> except for other humans uh, and Sentient sharks. robots. Sentient <laughs> robots. Sentient shark robots. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, Brandon. I, I, I'm just speaking from my like uh, my goose pimples. I've got to go with falling from the sky. Maybe I'm jumping the gun on the vote too soon, but I don't think you're going to sway me. Okay, well, I'll, a little more just maybe to sway, to sway you is that <laughs> Uh, Just a couple more shark facts. Most shark attacks happen in less than five feet of water. Most come with zero warning at all. Most likely, if you're bitten by a shark, you will bleed to death. If you live, you will have severe infection and most likely die of that. Or become that professional surfer with one arm. Yeah, you could be an inspiration. (laughs) What about her? I mean, I don't like that. I mean, as a feminist... I don't like that women are more at risk for um, shark attacks during their time. That's bare. Uh, I would I would also say during. Oh, the, because they're putting like chum in the water. In the water. I think it's Literally, I think time. I think you're at risk of shark attack at any time. Yeah, if there's <laughs> a shark there, I don't think he's discriminate. <laughs> but it's sounding to me like you guys would like to go with falling. Yeah. Rodents versus fear of missing out. Oh my God, these are both mine. FOMO. FOMO. In particular for me, fear of missing out is, I, we call it summer anxiety. The idea that it's such a gorgeous day that I have to be outside doing something. Otherwise, I've ruined the day. And part of that is related to now with my current job. I work Sundays through Thursdays. So I really only have, even though I have Friday as a day to myself, I only have Saturday as a day with other people. So it makes this like summer Saturday, have to enjoy it, have to go somewhere, have to be like in the ocean or in a, on a beach or somewhere. That's where that comes from. And then the rodents, specifically rats, are my, I just cannot deal with them it's fine when you're like looking down onto the subway tracks because they're removed but when they're in a human zone it like oh it just like creeps me out and it's the naked tail and i'm always such a bit that is why you know because i get very startled and freaked out with rodents so, because they come out of the corner of my eye that's it that's purely it so i almost put for this list things popping out as my number one fear <laughs> I definitely fear rats more than mice. Mice, like one mouse up close is adorable. I can see that. But when they they move so quickly and it's like a blur in the corner of your eye and they poop everywhere and they eat everything and that's annoying. And the girth of their tails and the bubonic plague. Well, the rats, the tail, and then- It's kind of like snakes. It's kind of like snakes. So sorry, here's a hypothetical for you. Brandon and I are out in Central Park kicking a soccer ball around. But to get to us, there's 10 rats in the way. Oh, and if you don't get to us, then you miss out on kicking that soccer Exactly. Ball what are you going to do? I would... So this is interesting because I actually put rats as my number one. But because my fear of missing out, the idea that someone somewhere is having a party without me is so destructive, <laughs> I would jump over the rats. Well, there you go. I think we got it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so it's fear of missing out. Ghosts. 
versus small monsters. Can you explain small monsters? Okay. Because <laughs> so, they sound adorable. Since I was a child, I love horror movies, as you know. But there's one kind of horror movie that actually frightens me. And it's when the monsters are small. The earliest memory I have of this, the TV show Dinosaurs, the food, when they would open their... No. Yes, when they opened their refrigerator, all the mammals inside would... They would oh, the mammals out. would be like... Rah, 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 rah. Yeah. And there's one episode. The episode's called When Good Food Goes Bad. <laughs> and the parents leave to go to have dinner and leave the children there by themselves. And the baby hears the food from inside saying, let us out, let us out, let us out, let us out. And the baby lets them out and the food jumps out and it's like a hundred little rodent creatures with eye patches and... and, It sounds so cute. For some reason that just gets to me. In any movie, I I love Gremlins, but Gremlins even gets me sometimes. And the movie Munchies, it's just little, little monsters. What about in Young Sherlock Holmes? Well, Chucky's scary. Leprechaun, the movie Leprechaun. They're a leprechaun, that's scary. It's not it's just, that they're small. It's just something about, like, because they can gang up on you. <laughs> what was the other thing in this category? Ghosts. Ghosts. All right. <laughs> Ghosts are way scary. <laughs> I just had to go, like, little mon- like a little monster vo- versus a ghost is not even a competition because I'm going to say, for but example. wouldn't a child ghost that's the sp- be a little monster? Oh! No, child ghost is not. That's your blood. No, no, child ghost. Tr- ghost trumps size. A child ghost is the most scary thing in any yeah. movie. Because ghosts My also s- have very flexible size, so they can get little or big. Yeah, but child ghosts are like the most scary. Okay, so Deepu, you are sort of the tiebreaker here, and you're gonna go with ghosts. Yeah, especially too, because there's something about little monsters that's almost the direct translation to Pokemon. Which are pocket monsters, which are the most adorable puppets in the world. Alien abduction versus anti-vaxxers. <laughs> this is very complicated. <laughs> it's really like uh, actual threats versus like a fear of a really distant threat. Could possibly be more likely than, than you think because you don't remember it. As I unpack the trunk, which is my severe number one alien abduction fear. Yeah. Can I tell the baby story? Zara, you can tell the cat story. We babysat a cat last week, and the first night we had the cat, we left the door to our bedroom open, and then at some point, probably around 3 a.m., or when most abductions happen. Yes, the witching hour, the the hour of the wolf, 3 to 4 a.m. is when most alien abductions happen. You can go on. (laughs) Yeah. So around this time, there's like a little nightlight in the hall and the cat was just sitting in the doorway, illuminated from behind by the nightlight. And Brandon woke up, saw the cat illuminated in the doorway and just started yelling, what is that? What is that? (laughs) Thinking it was an alien come to abduct him. Uh, Defend my case. Uh, He is a white cat with big black eyes. Thank you. He is a white cat with big black eyes. It's true. He's a long face, a very angular So, Deepu, would you like to share us on anti-vaxxers? Yeah, I think it uh, really is focused on measles, mumps, and rubella. And that the they're, MMR. Now, they're now around again. And the, the, the scariest part about an anti-vaxxer is that there's literally no way to convince them to vaccinate. 
And there was just a study done about this, how you can't, by showing them literature that these are other scientists who support this, here's all the evidence, the study that showed that the vaccinations lead to autism was proven false, was never replicated, the guy who investigated it was disbarred, or what do you, is that, do you say disbarred from doctors? Yeah, I don't his know. License, but, um, his license was taken away. His science um, was taken away. His science, his science was taken away. <laughs> so maybe I'm actually having so, a partial like existential crisis by putting this on my fear list because it's a world in which everything I, I do doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I think no, your fear is actually of ignorance. It's like ignorance that people don't listen to science and you can show them evidence again and again and it doesn't yeah. make a and difference is shocking. It's really harmful ignorance. Because we're now bringing back all these, like, retro diseases from the 1930s. But, Deepu, has this fear of anti-vaxxers, how many nights have you not slept because of it? I've slept a lot of nights, but I imagine if I had children, it would be a lot. I would just be, it makes me angry over scared. Yeah, I guess, I guess maybe it's a a negative emotion that's not centered on fear. Alien abduction is a fear to me at such a level that I feel everything you described in the beginning triggers in me. Extreme fight or flight, as Zara (laughs) has witnessed. Yeah, Um, (laughs) because of that cat. Increased heart rate. I think that you might be redirecting other emotions uh, onto anti-vaxxers. Yeah, and maybe just the fear is a little too too like conceptual rather than like pointed. You know, an actual in your face like anal probe. <laughs> I think we're going with aliens. Yeah, aliens. I'm, I'm. You convince me about aliens. Home invaders versus Pacific Northwest tsunami. Oh, these are both invaders in a way. Yeah, this is Zara's fault. This, it is it, my fault. I'm fully. Uh, I was the one that sent Zara the article, so you could blame me. Yeah, one month ago, <laughs> I never had a fear about tsunamis, not one single one. And then Zara and I went to a wedding together in Seattle. It was beautiful. And then right before I went to bed the first night, Zara told me she's been up the past two nights worried that a tsunami was going to hit and it would just destroy everything. And that just infected me so much that now all I can do is tell every single person I know that even mentions the West Coast, not even the Pacific Northwest, mentions the West Coast that everybody's going to die from a tsunami. It like haunts my thoughts continuously. So this article is in The New Yorker. It terrified me. I read it on the subway going to work. It stuck with me all day because a lot of the article is about this is a thing. Everybody knows it's going to happen. It's basically there's two plates that are in the Pacific Ocean that are eventually going to cause a tsunami that's going to happen in the, within the next 50 years. Yeah, that's what basically it was like there's a one it was like one in 12 chance that it's going to happen or something. It was one enough in 12 for the next 10 yeah. Like one in four within the next 50. And I mean, the worst hit is going to be Oregon. And then I think Seattle might be okay because it has those, that barrier yeah. island before it. So Seattle's actually going to be fine. The article was pointing to all these coastal towns in the Pacific Northwest and how unprepared they are compared to Japan, which deals with tsunamis all the time and re- re- recently had one. And it was the most terrifying article because it was the idea of 
this horrible thing is going to happen. Everybody knows and nobody's going to do anything and about also, it. To, to describe that tsunami, it's a wave from the, gra- uh, the ground of the ocean to the top of the ocean, meaning it's a wall of force. That's like two have- stories high. I forget how high. It's like depends on the size of the earthquake. It's but too high. You have- it's too, it's high. too high. There's nowhere it to run. It was basically like there's nowhere to run. Nowhere to run. And, and the you force- have 20 minutes. And to- yes, that's what the- after was like- the earthquake, yeah. you have 20 minutes. <laughs> And that 20 minutes is not fast enough to get anywhere far enough away from the tsunami, period. So we were at this gorgeous <laughs> wedding, and the whole time, because th- the article also mentions how evacuation route signs are everywhere, and they are everywhere. And so the whole time I would see these evacuation signs, and I was like, but we can't escape. And they're useless, because, yeah, they mean nothing. It's just yeah. a constant reminder of the fear that, we're all, that we all lived through, and these... Pacific Northwesterners are consistently living through. Hands hands down terrifying. But I also read that the in the article, it was like the first time I think a lot of people outside of the Pacific Northwest heard about this. And they all kind of knew about and it. And they already knew about it. And nobody, I mean, it's not like, I don't want to say nobody cares, but it's maybe not as dramatic sounding as the article made it seem. Okay. But the article was like, Oh so my God. That, is, that is just the tip of Pacific Northwest tsunamis. Next uh, in this category is Zara's fear. Home invaders. Home invaders. It's obvious. I'm scared of it. I always like crazy with locking my door and... But no, so is it's it... It's from watching too much not, Dateline. It's not robbers per se. It's like panic room situation that I have to hide in a closet while robbers are in my house. So it's not about stealing your stuff. It's that the home invaders will no. hurt you. That will kill me. Okay. And kill my family. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so scary. I feel like this is such a female fear, or it's because of HBO documentaries and it's not something lines. that I do fear robbers stealing my things, but I don't I would be feel... pissed about that, but I would be like, the idea I often like, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and especially in a new place and be like, where would I run? Yeah. That's sort of the feeling I get when I think that there's a tsunami on all it's sides similar. of me and there's not even a single room I can run to. Yeah, it's similar. It's, it's similar, except there's like not even, like a panic room couldn't even exist. But if it was like a bunker. Or like a submarine. A submarine, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because Deepu put forth um, that it was the Pacific Northwest tsunami, not tsunamis in general. I think home invaders is something that we all deal with, including the people in the Pacific. But, but don't you have any friends in the Pacific Northwest that you care about dearly? He doesn't like any of people there. Oh. <laughs> I know some people in the Pacific Northwest. What about uh, the headquarters of Starbucks? What about the original Starbucks with the original pumpkin spice latte? You're not even remembering my favorite sitcom, Frasier. Oh God! And yes. all of the the see all of the fake places that exist oh, in the no. world of Frasier. Just just say goodbye to Daphne. What about Eddie? Will he get washed away? No, but he would know. That's the thing. Eddie would know before. Eddie is uh, long dead at this point. (gasps) What do you mean? And his his name is Moose. No, I'm speaking (laughs) about the character of Eddie, played by Moose the dog. But Eddie would know in a hypothetical Frasier situation, Eddie would know before anyone that the earthquake was coming because he would feel it with his dog senses and run away first. I've seen Zara's (laughs) fear of home invaders personally, and I think it is a real true fear. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> I I think Home Invaders. Would everyone be comfortable with Home Invaders? I I I'm not comfortable with them. That's I the thing. I, I can see your face not. right now. <laughs> Deeper does not look as frustrated and scared as Zara looks like at this moment. It's really to scary. talk about Home Invaders. It's like, yeah, it's like mean, Brandon and Holes. It's if we want to think. Um, Don't mention Holes again, please. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a fair loss. At least at least we got the message out though. No, everyone read this article. It's in the New Yorker. It'll it was also from be in this the show summer. notes. It'll be in the show It'll notes. It'll be in the it's a show bit of a notes. PSA. Round two. Snakes versus nuclear war. Oh. <laughs> what if snakes are in the nuclear war and they become mutant snakes and they get Nuclear war would destroy all of the snakes. Yeah, but let me let me just not the strongest snakes. snakes. <laughs> snakes are the most primal basic fear that's ever existed in the history. I agree. It is a it is a basic, but like fear? basic, like simple, not basic like that. No, it's such a prominent fear. It's it's the biggest phobia that exists. It's not even specific to just humans. All types of animals are afraid of snakes. Including, they did these beautiful studies in uh, monkeys where they, they, they bred these monkeys and even though they had experienced no part of the world, they still showed totally phobic responses to snakes. I mean, it's in our genes. Like, we have a genetic fear of snakes that predominate. I've seen you, know? you I've seen you jump in the air from seeing a suspicious looking stick on the ground. I think if monkeys understood the concept of nuclear war... Oh. That they would be much more. But uh, I don't even think they can. I think they can because I saw that in a movie called Planet of the Apes. Fair and enough. But I saw a movie <laughs> called Snakes, Snakes on a Plane. And I got so scared during Snakes on a Plane that when I went grocery shopping, a cute little adorable golden retriever puppy licked my leg and I almost kicked it across the room because I was so scared. <laughs> Do you have more data About on... the inevitability of nuclear war, <laughs> okay. just to, to, to make you all as afraid of it as I am, is that, have you heard of the Fermi paradox? It also involves aliens, but it's that we have a hard time getting in contact with aliens. The idea is that all advanced civilizations eventually kill themselves off before that they can really become starfaring civilizations, or most do. There might be spacefaring civilizations, which I will put in here, future arguments. There is an, a, a theory, a very well-subscribed to theory, that nuclear war is inevitable for the human race. Once you invent it, it will destroy you. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I'm not saying that nuclear war wouldn't kill more people than snakes. We had to name a list of things that were genetically ingrained to fear. At the like simplest core of our body, snakes are like the source of that of that phobia you know and like it's like if you want to talk about yeah like feeling that like in the moment i'm so scared i'm gonna black out and don't even know what's happening because i'm so scared of this thing that's happening in front of me like i think a snake is by definition that experience okay so we're gonna go with snakes yeah oh good now i'm scared raccoons versus falling deepu i think it's your chance now to unpack your fear of raccoons. Okay. I think they're adorable. I find them kind of cute. This is probably not going to translate well, but I grew up in West Virginia, and in West Virginia, 80% of raccoons have rabies. So these <laughs> rabid raccoons, and one of them used to, I, I went to boarding school, and we would come home from boarding school at 3.30 to the dorms, and there would just be this raccoon pacing back and forth in front of our doorway. So all of us would have to just huddle around outside and wait till this ra rabid raccoon that was out in the middle of the day would just move out of the way. And they can open your Hashtag first world raccoon problems. It is, I get it. It's not a global fear, but like, 
they have those tiny hands and they have teeth. I love them. And yes, <laughs> they use their hands like they're experts, which like could be cute. I mean, I think this almost falls in the same thing as the sentient robots, where like, yeah, it's great right now, but like, what if? What if the raccoons rose up? I'm not gonna win this one. I'm probably more afraid of falling than raccoons. <laughs> Fear of missing out versus ghosts. Now I'm imagining the same scenario if I had to run away from a ghost, but the ghost was in a room where you were all playing board games. Can I, Would let, I let stay? Let me throw something in here. Is that one of the theories of ghosts is that, especially if you've seen Casper, is that people have unfinished business, oh. uh, which makes me think that the ghosts are because they fear missing out. Whoa. Whoa! Ghosts also, for me, are part of the fear of things popping out. I think all my fears are related to things like popping surprise. out. Surprises. Now, I have to also say again that I'm, I'm afraid of no ghosts. I find something, don't you find something a little bit hopeful about ghosts? Yeah, and uh, if they exist, they've been around and I'm fine. Like, I like that, it, like the sense of history and time and place. Like in Doctor with Who, when this this last episode, he was talking about like, doesn't it make you hopeful that you get to come back? Yeah, but I, it's the idea of like looking in a mirror and then you look away and then you look back in the mirror and there's a ghost there. That for me is like so. A it's more about popping out. Popping out. Yeah. <laughs> so if a ghost just slowly walked up to oh, you, oh, it'd be great. I would like that, especially if he was like dressed as a Revolutionary War soldier. I'd be like, oh wow, tell me about your journey. Like I would want to know everything about him. But I will say this: I, I, when I, when you first told me ghosts, I had this whole like soliloquy planned where I'd be like, oh Zara, but there's probably ghosts everywhere, and we're not really scared of them, so they're probably friendly and they don't turn bad. But then I thought about it when you were talking about your FOMO example, and you couldn't pay me $1,000 to play a Ouija board right now. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I'd and I had scared. one when I was little. And I then, would do it. I do it all the time. I no, I would it. not do it anymore. But when I was little, we used to do it all the time, and I, I had to keep it in the living room because the living room was where all the scary objects I had had to live. So I had a Ouija board there and all my ghost books. Because I was I, so, this I, is the I, thing. I'm also. I think you're more afraid of ghosts. Than almost anything else, I think more than any, more than rodents. I'm I think fascinated, obsessed with me. ghosts. So let the record show: Zara won't allow me to buy an EMF no. meter because you don't want to know. Don't ask. Don't I don't want to know. <laughs> don't ask. Don't tell ghosts. I actually, when it I comes have a to very ghosts. dear friend in New York who won't use uh, FaceTime with his wife because he's afraid. That he'll see a ghost behind her and there won't be anything he yeah, can do. Yeah, There's no. actually a lot of videos on YouTube of that very thing. Yeah, so he won't what? even use video chats because he I'm doesn't not want to a see a ghost of in the other person's apartment. This is how bad the There's ghost fear is. There's also some pretty I scary ones with aliens breaking into They're Skype's. pretend. We'll get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> I think I believe ghosts. People can survive a ghost. It all comes down to belief. Right? Because lots of people don't believe in ghosts. But I know a lot of people who have like real ghost experiences. Yeah, me too. I'll save a friend of mine around because ghosts are moving through. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Real people? Ask, ask anyone that lives out in the woods. They all have. Those are ghosts. Those are not aliens. <laughs> I, I would swear, nine times out of ten. Right now, we're about ghosts and FOMO. Uh, ghosts. Ghosts are scary. Okay. Yes. It's a ghost dressed as an alien. Yeah. <laughs> Alien abduction versus home invaders. 
Wait, wow. <laughs> I feel like Home Invader has only been paired with a very appropriate thing. Uh, because to me, the ultimate Home Invader is alien abduction. The thing is, in my mind, I could reason with an alien. No, you can't because you become paralyzed and you cannot move. You no, also don't know what language they speak. No, they would know. We would, they would, we would be on the you same. You become eerily calm because they calm you. That's okay, then. This sounds great. But you're actually terrified. I'm pretty what sure the- now that Zara was right, saying that um, at least 95% of aliens are just ghosts in a costume. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what's but there to be afraid of? There's still that 5%. I read, I read a study. There's still that 5%. I read a study. Um, a recent study came out showing A recent study. That- of aliens are actually ghosts in costume. From a scientific standpoint, alien abduction, quote, unquote, whatever you want to say, victims, they have also been hooked up to machines in actual studies, and they generally believe in what they've experienced. Now, it might might be some sort of psychosis. Lots of people that have uh, mental illness actually believe in what they've experienced. Or just the power of suggestion. So they did this this memory study, um, and... They have this paradigm where they can induce false memories in people. And what they showed in the study, though, was that people that admitted to having alien abductions actually scored higher rates on this false memory paradigm, which was totally unrelated to ghosts. So there is some evidence that these people are like baseline at a higher rate of believing things to be true that may or may not be true. Or they also like were more likely to think that um, ghosts were aliens also. From a pure fear standpoint for me is that kind of like with ghosts, this is something that I believe very well could have happened to a, a small group of individuals. But Brenda, wh- I don't get, I guess my question is why is it <laughs> negative and not more of like a whole- I think it would be so cool. Because, okay, so now, now there's, di- if you want to subscribe to this theory as, as I do, that there's, there's many different types of aliens. The ones that particularly come here at this very moment are uh, researching Klingon. us. <laughs> yes, it's but what if it was like if what if it was like data the robot that'd but be they so don't, cool but it's not it is these little gray <laughs> creatures that rip you from your bed and do awful things to you but do you feel but like maybe they do, you do cool Europeans things coming to visit america to do research no i've got no problems with uh german uh people coming here to do all sorts Whoa, of research German. <laughs> Wrong, wrong culture to <laughs> <laughs> scary research it's this scary research and it is something to do with the i think it's a lot to do with the not having any control and it's yeah, those, being powerless it's, which is one of the biggest fears it's 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 that's be, why it's home invaders being powerless that's um, why home invaders are the biggest fear <laughs> <laughs> now my, this fear for me comes from when my dad uh showed me close encounters at a very young age when a child is ripped from his mom's arms uh by the aliens but he like has an you awesome time good aliens but he has awesome time with the aliens at the end it's like children it's not it's it's not clear whether he had an awesome time they're or all not. alive and they're like they la, are la, terrifying la. what about steven <laughs> spielberg's et though uh, now, some people uh, that we know are terrified of E.T. Yeah, Kate, my sister. <laughs> other people aren't. Me. I dare you to watch. I, I agree. This is a hoax, although some people don't think it's not a hoax. 1989, there's this bootleg tape that was passed around called the McPherson tape. It's about a family that is celebrating a, a birthday and gray aliens attack the house and, and abduct them. And I agree. I've watched this tape in the daylight with friends and <laughs> it's not real, but it is the closest thing I've seen to like 
realism for this situation because there's been a lot of bad movies made about it. And when you see the real, like a real version of little monsters breaking into your house. Everything comes down to little monsters. <laughs> little holes and little monsters. Sorry. Home Invaders, it's a very real scary. <laughs> Round three, snakes versus falling. You know, let me give one more example of a reason to, to fear snakes. Like, have you ever met that guy that has 10 snakes at his house? Like, he's the type of person that's not afraid of snakes. And I'm afraid of him, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's the type of person who isn't afraid of snakes. Now let's think about a person who isn't afraid of falling. It's that guy that owns Virgin Mobile. He's rad. And the guy that owns 10 snakes is, like, not rad. Do you know know what I'm saying? I know that's an interesting way of looking at it comparing the non it's like the negative of yeah yeah I saved negative space for the final round (laughs) so personally if I had to either fall into an abyss or now I can't say fall into a pit of snakes but uh, just walk through a pit of snakes well what, what about one where there's like one snake and it's swallowing your body whole so you're like slowly getting Ooh, digested that's a nightmare. in it's, it's gut and you're like trapped in that space while it's eating you for me yeah but I, I, you know you're talking about the worst situation in here I, I didn't go completely into the worst stuff that could happen in an alien abduction oh okay well then also just imagine it biting you or strangling you yeah but all those things i could come back to if i fall i'm most likely going to splat i'm thinking like even at say for the what's it called the sears tower how they have the willis tower the willis tower how they have that like plated glass thing that you can stand on and look down that for me i'd i would rather be in a snake pit than on that platform. Zara, actually in a snake pit. Have you ever seen one of them strike <laughs> where like the venom's dripping from its teeth right before it's about to like strike? <laughs> Wait, are these you? venomous snakes? Is, I was thinking like Indiana Jones where it's like ankle deep. Like, or the snakes. King Cobra that's like flashing its like little like neck neck jimmies. No, I'm not saying I don't see where you're coming from. Everyone has a, a little bit of a problem with snakes, but I think everyone has a huge problem with falling. Except for people that fall for fun. It's people that own snakes for fun. Lots of people that I own know, snakes for fun. I know, and that's why I was getting back to the point of thinking about the person <laughs> who owns their snakes for fun. I think it's two against one, though. Falling. Ghosts versus home invaders. Oh my god, this is like oh my... my <laughs> <laughs> you're describing. Both are things that it pop out. Like, the idea of I'm in a haunted house, like a old castle and their home invaders is so frightening to me. <laughs> like that you had to hide, but you're hiding in a haunted house is the most scariest idea. But at least with them, at least with home invaders, like a safe room could exist or you could lock the doors or not lock the doors. But ghosts can go through the walls. But yeah, ghosts can just go through yeah, walls. Ghosts, ghosts they can take over your, they can take over your baby dolls and start walking around. That's my worst nightmare. <laughs> they can take over all your baby dolls. <laughs> all, so much scary. Well, the home invaders oh could take God. all of your baby dolls. Good. Take them. Good. Take them away. <laughs> They're possessed baby They're dolls. <laughs> They're bad now. I think Ghost won. Yeah. <laughs> I think oh Ghost won. Yeah, she can't even say it out loud. My, my baby doll. <laughs> Round four, falling versus ghosts. 
So I first want to congratulate you for dominating the top tiers. Of My fears. fears are very real. <laughs> And universal, I feel. Universal right? and real. You might say that Zara has very basic fears. <gasps> yeah. I'm a basic I'm bitch. I'm going to give you the count of Dr. Fear. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with ghosts, personally, even though these are both my fears. I will speak for the rational for a moment as you shut down my paranormal fear. Some people would say in this situation that ghosts are a construct and that falling is a much more real fear that can happen to anyone at any time. But personally, given these two, I am personally more afraid of ghosts. Deepu. Uh, hands down, ghosts, especially since I found out they've been dressing up like aliens. <laughs> This whole time. It's like a two for one. I, yeah, that in was a the end of my show on twist of this yeah. whole thing. Is that it wasn't aliens. It was ghosts all along. So that means our totes fave fears are starting from the bottom at number five, alien abduction. Number four, home invaders. Number three, snakes. Number two, falling. And number one, ghosts. Woo! So now it's time for the fave tote, where we take our favorite thing of this week out of our fave tote. So today in my fave tote, um, we started the show talking about pumpkin spice and its many incarnations. And you called it basic. I did call it basic, but I'm going to take it back for one particular thing that Trader Joe's has little mini ice cream sandwiches that are pumpkin ice cream with ginger cookie outside that are teeny tiny and delicious. And I would like to give them, they're, they're, my fave tote is completely packed with them. All of the Trader Joe's pumpkin products we've gotten this so far this season have been really good. Are great. Great. I was, I didn't get a few of the weirder pumpkin things, but I think uh, everything we got so far has been... The thing is with pumpkin stuff, I feel like you look at it and you know... Like, I know a pumpkin Milano is disgusting. I don't need to try a pumpkin Milano or, like, a pumpkin Hershey Kiss. I don't. I, I want no part in that. However, a pumpkin ravioli is a, a natural use of pumpkin. <laughs> yeah, you, you know it when you see it. In my fave tote for this week is my iPhone 6S Plus. I had the iPhone 6 and I upgraded to the 6S and I don't want to turn this into a tech podcast but I have to say that it's definitely the best gadget I've ever owned. Best tech thing I've ever owned. I think I wouldn't have necessarily said that about the iPhone 6 Plus. The 6S Plus is like it's perfect. It, everything about it is amazing. It, it just feels better than the last one. It shoots 4K video. Every time I, I look at it and open it I'm like wow this is like the future. This is great technology. It's, it's almost like perfect. it has a mind of its own. Siri, should Deepu fear you? Who, me? Oh, I don't like that one bit. <laughs> you might have to change the bracket. <laughs> <laughs> Not one bit. My fave tote of the week is uh, Bobby Moynihan from the season premiere of Saturday Night Live. He had this beautiful 30 seconds where he uh, started off as Jared the Subway guy Hell yeah. his glasses, <laughs> spun around, became Josh Duggar, and it was 
It's probably going to be the highlight of the month, but at the very least, it's my highlight for the week. <laughs> so, Deepu, where can people find you? You can uh, hit me up on Twitter at VPMurdy. And for me, I'm also on Twitter at ZaraFS. And I'm on Twitter at BB Werner. You can also find my comedy history web show, Laughing Historically, at youtube.com slash laughinghistorically. That's it for this week. And remember to watch the skies and look out behind you. Rony. <laughs> <laughs> I love it.